Chapter Thirteen of the Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods by Captain Quincy Allen. Chapter Thirteen Another Hunt for Venison. A good riddance to bad rubbish remarked bluff with a grin as they saw the party disappear in the woods with bill Nackerson still snarling at his friends I Hope none of us will ever see that man again said mr. Darrell as he shook hands with each of his young friends and Bluff Frank observed turning on the other. I want to say that you did that business in fine shape He seemed to have one eye on me and I was afraid that if I started off to the cabin he would break loose that was a happy thought you're sending me replied bluff and I'll always feel that you did me a big favor Wish you're glad to see you mr. Darrell hope you mean to spend some little time with us only one night boys replied the lumberman I have so much going on at lumber run camp with new men arriving daily that it's necessary for me to be on the job Constantly how are you all anyway? Feeling fine and dandy sir Jerry told him and getting some rattling good pictures in the bargain added will I'll show you what we've done later on sir How about you bluff demanded the lumberman noticing that the other had not made any reply to his question I hope you've kept your appetite and can come up smiling three times a day when the meal hour arrives Oh, I'm all right. Mr. Darrell replied bluff nothing the matter with my eating apparatus During the rest of that day they had much to show their guest and to tell him as well it seems as though the lumberman was having the time of his life in the society of these bright young fellows At least he told them he was renewing his own youth They got up at supper later on that could be called sumptuous Bluff and Frank exerted themselves to make a spread that would convince their guest they were well acquainted with camp cookery I haven't enjoyed a meal as much as that for years. Mr. Darrell told them afterward as they sat around the fire Bluff immediately commenced patting himself as though he felt happy over having his work praised in this fashion Will expected to start out presently with one of the others for company in order to place his camera trap again He believed he could get a fox to take the tempting bait and thus photograph his own features Their tongues clattered for several hours that evening mr. Darrell insisted on hearing scores of things connected with their past experiences they had lots to tell and everyone took a hand in relating the story It was almost like living those happy days over again as they pictured the numerous thrilling episodes one after another Nothing would do but bluff should arrange a couch on the floor while their guest occupied his bunk Mr. Darrell would have insisted on declining only he saw how set the boy was upon carrying out his plan and what a deal of pleasure it seemed to afford him Indeed will and Jerry envied him that new bed when they saw what a cozy nest Frank and bluff had made of it a lot of hemlock brows of which there was no lack in the vicinity of the woods cabin had been piled up and covered with part of the blanket the other fold being intended for a covering as the fire was to be kept up through the night since it was getting very cold outdoors bluff was not likely to suffer mr. Darrell had been thoughtful enough to fetch his own blanket on his back he knew each of the boys had one apiece and realized that unless he provided for himself he must deprive one of them The owner of the lumber run camp stayed until the following noon When finally he started back two of the boys went part of the way with him. I hope to see you all again before many days boys 
had been his parting words and if i don't get over here remember you must drop in at our camp on your way out i want to keep in touch with such a fine lot of young chaps and will tell uncle felix for me that i'm a thousand times obliged to him for sending you up here i feel ten years younger will was feeling very chipper that day he had found his trap sprung and upon developing the exposed film found that he had obtained a remarkably fine picture of a fox all the others told him he was making great headway toward winning that prize offered by the main railroad the success that had rewarded his perseverance thus far did much to inspire will with further ambition if i could only get a view of a bull moose before we leave here i think i'd be the happiest fellow in seven counties he said that evening when again the four chums gathered before their crackling fire did you ever seen a finer spell of brisk bracing weather than we've been having jerry wanted to know and frank tomorrow we must be sure to get started on that hunt we've put off for so long the last bit of venison was cooked for supper tonight you know and what's a camp in the woods without game hanging up that suits me all right frank replied unless will here or bluff would rather keep you company please don't count on my doing any hunting with a murderous gun on this trip will hastened to say i'm too much taken up with this new hobby of mine not that i would refuse to help eat any nice partridge venison or even bear meat if you insist on bringing it into camp at that the rest laughed i've heard others talk that way before frank remarked one old fellow who was said to be a natural woodsman and who used to write splendid things for the sporting magazines always boasted about going into the woods light carrying little besides a blanket a coffee pot frying pan cup tin plate and a few necessities in the way of coffee tea sugar and the like yes i've heard of him too broke in bluff and while he used to make all manner of fun of the poor sillies who nearly broke their backs toting all sorts of good things like canned meats into camp he confessed that he was always willing to help them get rid of the grub later on in this lively fashion did they pass the evening and then came the time for turning in another peaceful night followed the boys were gradually forgetting bill nackerson and his threats if they thought of him at all it was with the hope that he had come to his senses and concluded it would hardly pay to bother the inmates of the cabin since they had such a staunch friend in the big lumberman on the following morning jerry and frank started off the former was counting on making a respectable addition to the larder before they returned frank expected to take a new course covering ground that none of them had as yet hunted over at the same time he explained to jerry as they moved along i'm trying to keep a good distance away from the place where that other crowd is we don't hanker about having any trouble with nackerson and the best way to avoid it is to give him a wide berth presently it was thought advisable to keep still in that frosty atmosphere even ordinary sounds could be heard at some distance and deer have the sharpest of ears of course the hunters had headed up into what light wind was stirring so that their coming might not be heralded by the scent upon which a wild animal depends to give him warning of the approach of danger a number of times they were flurried by flushing a covey of partridges jerry almost wished they had come prepared to load down with the birds but until the last flickering chance of getting a deer had died out frank advised that they confine their attention to the one thing they had in mind on the way home he told jerry when the other sighed at seeing three plump birds sitting on a limb within easy range 
we can get all we want if the venison is missing so jerry had to be content they had gone several miles from camp and so far had not started a deer tracks in the snow had been seen several times indeed frank was really following a trail that he seemed to think rather fresh it could do no harm and might turn out a wise move on their part jerry realized as he trotted along at the side of his chum did you hear anything like a shout then frank suddenly asked before jerry could reply it came again this time the sound was seemingly close by certainly not over a quarter of a mile away somebody's in trouble frank exclaimed jerry immediately aroused that was a cry for help it certainly was agreed frank we'll push on in that direction but let's keep our eyes about us and look sharp against anything like treachery you're thinking of nackerson just who i am he wouldn't hesitate a minute if he could lure us into a trap but that sounds genuine enough i must say they hurried their footsteps indeed the piteous nature of the cries thrilled the boys he can't be very far away now ventured jerry panting a little from his exertions just back of that scrub yonder replied frank let's move out a little and in that way we can see him before we get too close three minutes later jerry broke out again i can see him now frank he's sitting down and holding on to his foot there he gets up again and oh my stars frank what's he got fastened to his leg i declare to goodness if it doesn't look like one of jesse wilcox's bear traps just what it is jerry though it's hard to believe added frank also excited don't you see who the poor chap is why as sure as anything it's that teddy we saw with bill nackerson on the train coming here the poor fellow to get himself in such a pickle as that end of chapter thirteen